Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello there. Welcome to the show that's brought to you with Levi Solicitors. You can check out that 10% discount at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan Moylan. Fuck the Daily Mail. With me is Michael Normanson. Hello. And Moscow White. Daniel Chapman. Hello. Want more, do you? Do you want more? And without adverts? You can get it. That's TSB Plus. All these podcasts add free access to all the digital mags that we've done since 2009. Priority access to the match ball after the games next season and a daily email with all the essential League United news written by Moscow. Plus discounts on our merchandise at thesquareball.net forward slash plus. Have a look at that. This is the Euro Ball then, our diary through the summer where we will make our way through the tournament. We're keeping an eye on things from a League United perspective, of course, but uh, an eye on things as a whole too. Uh, it's three years since Marcelo Bielsa took charge of Leeds United and he is responsible for Calvin Phillips being brilliant and running things for England. So really it's his success, isn't it, when England beat Croatia? I don't think there's any other perspective you can bring to the um, the European Championships at the moment other than a Leeds one. We are the best thing about it. Enjoying it so far? What have you made of it? Ten games have been played at the time of recording. We're recording on Tuesday morning. It's been mostly all right, you think? I think England winning gives it all a more positive spin, doesn't it? And I've not... I know our Irish and Scottish yes. and Welsh listeners <laughs> will definitely Speaking agree. personally, <laughs> well, I'm not sure the Irish listeners have um, got much investment in this other than Leeds People either, so... choking on their haggis as they listen to this outrage. <laughs> but I've been enjoying it, mostly. I think, oh yeah, the England win has helped, but as a, as a spectacle so far, because it's been expanded and there are what you might perceive to be weaker teams in there, because like, you, you know, you go back to Euro 96 and what were there eight teams in it at that point? I think in the year 96, there were more. By that, by that point, yeah, there were some yeah. group stages well, by 92 then. 92 was eight, I'm sure. Yeah. Or 16. But 90, yeah. 92 was definitely eight. I think 96 might have been more, but uh, I'm you know, prepared to be wrong. We definitely played um, Switzerland, Scotland and Holland, didn't we? So mm. there must have been groups. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> it is a bit dull so far due to that, where there's no real... I mean, Scotland losing 2-0... That should be terrible, but it's actually just fine. Just make sure you win your next one and well, draw. And do we want that? They might not. Well, I'd like Liam Cooper to be having an, an enjoyable summer. I've no problem with that whatsoever. Okay. Um, do, you know, do you know Scotland are playing next? Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> but then I'm, you know. Well, listen. This, as long listen, as sport listen, is the winner, football talk is not why we're here. We're here to open stickers because we need well, to fill up our, our Panini album. We did open some last time, didn't we, Michael? We got uh, a bit excited, didn't yeah, we? because we we thought that people wouldn't. We, we thought that people wanted uh, to, us to talk about football and not about opening stickers. Oh, turns out people were into the stickers more than the chat. So, yeah. just and a, I've, a, I've pulled out straight away Ryan Jack, the guy who screwed it up for Scotland. Don't shoot from there. 
shoot from there. That was the lesson, wasn't it? Well, let's just um, benchmark the quality of this Panini album because I've got Sergio Ramos who came out of the stickers that I opened. He's not there. Uh, we've got a bloke from Slovakia called Robert Mazan. Uh, Glenn Kamara. Please. Chris's lad for Finland. He's um, Here you go, Moscow. Stick him in. He's the most popular sticker so far, isn't he? Because we've got one of those half and half ones with him. Um, I've got another lad from Slovakia, Stanislav Lobotka, who that sort of name sounds like he was in Chernobyl. The drama series, not the disaster. And then I've got a couple of, who else? Who are they from? I've got... Oh, I think these these, these lads might be... We've gone gone Slovakia crazy in this one. We've got a a 50-50 half and half one. I've got Albert Ruznak and um, Robert Bozhenek. You see, we should have swapped because I've just got Scots people in mind. Um, much easier to pronounce. I've got Lyndon Dykes, and then I've got Lyndon Dykes again on a half one with Ryan Fraser, Ryan Jack, and John McGinn, and then uh, David Hankel from Ryan Jack has made the he's uh, committed the crime of um, of having two first names, of course, Daniel James. Well, he could give one to uh, Rodri, who I've also got on a half and half with Dave, Danny Olmo. I have thrown the stickers towards you on the table, Moscow. You might struggle to see them. I've just realised because we've got a very busy table here in the studio. Um, you with can't all the, fool me. All the magazine covers on it. I've opened my next lot as well. Any interest? Oh, I've got some Scotsman. Do you want them? Still no shinies between us? No. Mm. What is this bollocks? I've got two Scotsmen here. I've got Declan, Declan Gallagher and David Marshall. <clears throat> Marshall for you there. Two more Scotsmen. There, it's a half and half one. Ryan Babble, I've heard of him. Oh, yeah. Played for Liverpool for a time. Is, is, it he, sa- is he still in their squad? Is it the same one? Yeah, he, well, I know he did... Have like a, a bit of a late resurgence in his career. I'm not sure if he actually made the final squad or not. He was born in 1986, so how old does that make him? 35? Sort of half and half between him having a late resurgence and the Netherlands being a bit poor. <laughs> uh, well, I've got I've got Stephen Berghaus. Berghaus? Berghuis? I'm going to say Berghaus, Berghaus probably. Make a little Berghaus in your soul. That's the one. Um, he played in England for someone. Shit, at some point, I think. Oh, that might be wrong. Um, I've got Dominic Livakovic who looks like a Croatian goalkeeper. I've then got a couple of... Which badge is that? Oh, a badge. Let's have a look. Is Alexander the, Dragovic. Oh, okay. what, what, what badge is that on his shirt? Is that the Slovak? I can't see from over it. Let's have a look. Christ, the, the lack of knowledge. Is that... I mean, the Is that Austria? It's Austria. Okay. I think I was thrown by the fact that uh, he's got an itch on oh, his yeah, name. I've got, I've got one as well, because I've got Christopher Trimmel. That sounds like a hair removal implement, doesn't it, the Trimmel? The oh. Trimmel 3000. I've got Rybus. Shave your bollocks with the Trimmel 3000. From Poland, and then just for Moscow, on a a half and half, Mikhail Lustig and Victor Lindelof. There you go. (laughs) Oh, your fave. Who does he play for? Put it in the album. Don't put it on your pencil case or anything. That's to go in. I've got uh, two of the Hazard brothers. Mickey's not here, but I do have Eden and Thorgan. They've put them on a a half and half, which I think is nice for Belgium. And uh, this fella... Oh, there's a, that'd be a good Scrabble score. I'm terrible with Polish names and pronunciations, so forgive me. Uh, it's yeah, looks like Gregor's Gregory Kry Greg Krychowiak Krychowiak. So there you go. Into my second pack now. Zava Schlager, who's another Austrian, and I've got a half and half with Yuri Tielemans and Axel Witzel. Heard of both of them. Then I've got Barnabas Bessi, Hungarian. That's a great name. It is a good name. Um, Nazim Sangare. Turkey and Mario Pasalic, Croatia. What, have, a, what uh, a pile of shit. <laughs> we have doubles here, actually. We already had the Hazard brothers, so we're starting to get into... Uh, do we want to, we want to open this up to swaps then, do we? If you want to do some swapsies with us, should we... We have had some offers. Yeah, some people... Um, let's, po- send them in. 
I'm, I'm going to save my next pack for later on in the show because okay, I don't want do to spoil the, the, the fun too much. Because, at this we don't want to do all the good stuff at the start. No. Anyway, let's talk about foosball and um, England versus Croatia. In the wake of that, here's a big question for you. Do you think that's the happiest you've ever felt following an England game? For a long time, certainly. Just reflecting in the glory of Calvin Phillips. Not the team as a whole. Couldn't yeah. care less about them. <laughs> no, it was a good performance all around, but I think the Calvin Phillips stuff has certainly made it live on far beyond that afternoon of going, that's good, England have won. Because it felt like our victory, and I know you know there's national uh, borders to, uh, to to deal with and, and national rivalries when it comes to supporting players, but even if you're not English, you must have seen that and thought, that's nice for Calvin. Unless you work for a tabloid paper, then you thought, time to dig out the old story about his dad. Yeah, twats. Calvin Phillips is a player who is so understated. He's had a fantastic start to his international career. I thought he was immense throughout the game, as they all were, said Southgate. And uh, what is he? He's basically low maintenance, which is ideal. Low maintenance, high performance, which is an interesting quote because that is... Opposite of Michael. (laughs) It's a Howard Wilkinson favourite, is that line. I once uh, listened to him explaining Chris Fairclough to me in, in great depth and it all came down to he was low maintenance, high performance. Maintenance. <laughs> maintenance, maintenance, whatever. Tomato, tomato, tomato. He wasn't a problem. I have opened my next stickers, go on. Never a problem in training, never in trouble off the pitch. You didn't really have to tell him what to do. He would just go out and then every single game he would be brilliant. And there's loads of examples. I did a, um, I'm repeating, if you got the propaganda email on one day, you, you know all this, but um he said it about Norman Hunter the other day. Uh, well, not the other day, but um, after Norman died, it's one of the things Howard Wilkinson said about him. And various other occasions. Rod Wallace is, is one he described as low maintenance, high performance, because he just went out there and did it. And it's interesting to then hear that coming out of Gareth Southgate's mouth, because Howard Wilkinson was, after leaving Leeds, FA's technical director. And if we all know what Thorpe Arch has meant to Leeds United over the years. St George's Park, the National FA Training Centre, is all basically Howard Wilkinson's project. And his FA, it was the, the charter for quality that he wrote at that time that was basically the blueprint that the FA now, ever since, has been working from to sort out the English national team. And I found a, a report of one of the milestones in that success was the under-17s winning the World Cup. Was that Lewis Cook who won that? It was before that, but it was Jaden Sancho, Phil Foden, Callum Hudson-Odoi, basically a lot of the the current players who are now breaking through into the England team were all there. So when it wasn't just that uh, Gareth Southgate said that about Calvin Phillips, that he also then said, that's what we like. And it's because that is what is written down at the FA that is what they look for in a so, player. Because Howard, Howard Wilkinson's Wilkinson, victory. Yes, correct. Yeah, basically. And, you know, he always gets his uh, his grief for that one game he was caretaker manager of England that was fairly terrible because we sucked at the time. But, but the, the man had vision is what you're saying. Because, I mean, to, to go back to the, to the story of St George's Park, it was because Thorpe Arch had visited France, hadn't he? would seen their National Youth Academy over there. Is it Bluefontaine or something like it's called? Yeah. Um, and oh, I've probably got that wrong. Then he came back and said, we need to replicate this. We need to make a footballing hothouse. And that's what he did at Thorpe Arch because there was the accommodation up there, which has since been sold off and turned into various other things and demolished and it's now a housing estate. But still, at the time, the idea was to get all these young lads away from the city centre into the countryside, all around the training ground, and they lived and breathed it. And that's the generation that came through, Kewell Smith, etc., Woodgate, wasn't it? And uh, 
and he wasn't quite there to, to see his vision to fruition. David O'Leary was the one who brought those players through in the end, but um, it was there. The blueprint was there, wasn't it? And then it was then a case of applying that on a bigger scale to England and St. George's Park, which they have done. And it seems to have paid dividends up to this point anyway, if yeah. uh, if you are to take uh, Sunday as a measure. And you can see some of that in, you know, we, we do wonder sometimes what the what Gareth Southgate is doing managing the England team and, you know, A.D. Boothroyd being in charge of the under-21s for so long. And it's because they've tried to build that internal system where, you know, Southgate was the under-21s manager, so he moves on to becoming the England manager rather than just doing the Spurs and going, well, who's any good? Who, who actually <laughs> wants to do this? And so that sort of planned development, a lot of it has to do with the things that Howard Wilkinson was working on 25 years ago. and. Um- Working with Marcelo Bielsa and having the season he has had gave him confidence, but all the attributes were there. High performance, low maintenance, we like that a lot. And praise as well from uh, Michael Ballack, Meza Ozil, Nigel de Jong on Twitter, who all perhaps know a little bit more than the twats from other clubs. Who... I thought you were going to say us then. I was going to say, well, hang on a minute. Well, they don't know more than us, do they? We're, we're opening stickers. Yeah. I mean, we've been talking about Calvin Phillips for ages. Where's Michael Ballack been all this time? That is very. That is the thing that has happened this week. Everyone's gone, oh, Turns out he's quite good. Actually, now we've now I've seen him doing stuff in a team that I'm appreciating rather than a team that I'm disliking in the form of Leeds. I've realised that he's they're good. I mean, we talked about this a bit on on the weekend. I'm like, it was different. Was that when Moscow couldn't be asked? Yeah, yeah. Mm. It was quite different to his Leeds performances, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. But when yeah, when yeah. you look at where he was doing his best work, it was in it was in quite a different area than we used to. But it just shows he can do that too. What Wembley? <laughs> <laughs> Wembley. But I mean, the stat that it was the Athletic had it in an article today about the um, pressures applied to opposition players and he was just absolutely miles ahead of everyone as you would expect of a Leeds player. And we, we can retweet that now from a see we told you so point of view rather than a leave him alone. Although it was quite nice actually last night to see when the Daily Mail and I think the Mirror ran a similar article about his family and stuff seeing just how defensive everyone was of, of Calvin. I really liked that yesterday. Because he's a, a lovely lad. And that, that was the thing it was a bit like you fucking what? Everyone just turned at the same moment and went no not Calvin. Absolutely not. not. You're not doing this. It does put him in a, a strange position of kind of that development. As our players become Premier League stars, I wonder what it makes him think about his future because obviously the, the other side of this has been all the, the links to Real Madrid want to swap him for Marcelo and Liverpool will sign him. And then that Daily Mail article is just that little um, taste. A little, little dog whistle. Well, it's that as well, but it's also a little taste of the grief you do get when you play for a club like Liverpool or Manchester City. There is, there's still, Leeds is still in that kind of, uh, I wonder if it's almost a sweet spot where the attention is not so hyper ridiculous as it is about around somebody like, you know, Marcus Rashford or Sterling as well. Well, the thing is, Phillips as well. At the moment, he he earns a fortune, don't get me wrong. But he doesn't yet earn 200 grand a week. That's when a, a newspaper really starts to dislike you. Yeah, and so it's then, it's like, well, what does he want out of the future? Because, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he continues his trajectory and outpaces lead and is like, well, I can go and win the Champions League. But then the other side of that is, well, I could do that. But then also my mum's going to get all this hassle. My girlfriend's going to have a, you know, I mean... Half of the Daily Mail stories just pictures that they're taken off his Instagram um, and off his family's Instagram. And one of the captions, I mean, this is a vindication of where fucking standards are. One of the captions was um, Calvin Phillips pictured with his mum as a child. It's like fucking, they can't even punctuate a caption on a photograph 
properly. He wasn't pictured with his mum as a child. He was a child pictured with his mum. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, the Calvin Phillips story, it is an interesting story and it's something that is there to be told, but not by those pricks. Yeah, it's there to be told by some people. With... It's there to be told by Calvin Phillips when he's yeah. ready, if he wants to. If, by, otherwise, by... fucking leave him alone and yeah. on all of them. I buy someone with who's going to write it properly and sympathetically, not someone who is trying to get some people to click and go, oh, "Look, look at this, look at his dad, eh? I mean, Isn't that bad?" Yeah, that's what it was. It was all. I mean, all everything in it was lifted from interviews he's done before, and it was um, Henry Winter. I think was the first person he spoke to about his um, his dad, and that was you know Henry. Winter knows how to handle that kind of story, and it was all it was sensitively written and and held up as a as you know just here is the story of of Calvin Phillips. Some interesting things that it's it's good to know about somebody that people like, and then yeah, it just gets dragged out and and twisted into uh, into the Daily Mail's particular style of brand of, of journalism, of what they <laughs> want to achieve. And then uh, if you want to take it into the big picture, then it does kind of help explain why footballers feel they need to protest against racial inequality in society because there is a perfect example of a difference in the way white footballers and black footballers are written about. It's mm. absolutely right there. So if you, you know, they, they get the, the grief of, you know, why are these millionaire footballers preaching to us? They don't have any problems. That's exactly they're the ones I'll who say, are getting, well, I'll say this on the value, written about. On the, on the appearance of Sunday, Marxism is working. <laughs> Isn't it? Well, I mean, all that stuff. It's been... It's fucking tiresome is what it is. Yeah. The, and even that's been a, a perfect example of why they need to keep doing it. The fact that footballers, when they try to make a point about inequality in society, get told to shut the fuck up and stop preaching to people. But then when um, Billy Piper's failed ex-husband has an opinion, it's, oh, well, we'd, we'd better discuss this. There's a... There's an opinion Billy that everybody. Where did Billy Piper come from? Um, well, it's Lawrence Fox's. Uh... Yeah, Lawrence Fox. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah he was married to her. That's basically. I the... thought you were about Chris Evans. No, 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 no. no. Lawrence. Yes, yeah, she married both of them. I mean, no. you've got. Yeah. Oh, oh woman. <laughs> yeah. I mean, fair choice, I suppose. But yeah. um... you do have to wonder. But yeah, I mean, that whole thing has been, um, you know, how we've allowed the discussion that the footballers were trying to start about the state of society just to be moved to. Lawrence Fox thinks Harry Kane is a Marxist. What do you think about that? Well, don't give, don't give you a know, shit. this is what we're up against, isn't it? Why don't we actually talk? Anyway, about well, the foreign the papers, issues. the foreign papers deal with it differently. Um, it was nice. I mean, I didn't understand it all, but the nice thing about Dutch is that you can kind of get a good handle on what it's saying without really understanding it because it's got that sort of elements of English to it. You um, und- you understood the Pearl of Yorkshire? Yeah, uh, the Pearl of Van Yorkshire, the Pearl of Yorkshire, and my favourite three words out of that and you could argue it was four words but I like what the Dutch have done with this is cult coach Marcelo Bielsa in the article he's a cult coach which he is and he's brilliant and he's made my world better uh, yeah so um, Phillips got man of the match by the official England someone thing I think it was an online poll which, vote? which he was always going to win anyway if he'd have had the worst game of his life he'd have probably still won that because be- um, Leeds players do but a beautiful, he deserved it a beautiful symbol of the togetherness at Thorpe Arch as well with Luke Ayling wearing his Phillips shirt which there's an argument that Luke Ayling wasn't a million miles away from that squad. He'd been better than Kyle Walker in that first half. Christ, yeah. And uh, do we want to talk about who should have been the striker? I bet he's wishing you could have brought Pat Bamford on for I, that useless lump up front. I was watching that and I did think Bamford would probably have functioned slightly better in that system than Harry Kane. I think he'd have certainly got more running done. Yeah. I mean, he might not have finished in the same way that Kane has the capability of finishing, like by throwing his torso into a post, but... I suspect Bamford would do really well in that England side and maybe at some point in the future we'll see him but uh, 
I felt for him a bit actually, just uh, on a sort of low level on Sunday when I was watching that. I'm sure he's I'm sure he's fine, but there must be a little bit of you watching performances like that and thinking uh, could probably have done a bit of a shift there. But it must it must be hard knowing that you're close. That's the thing I've been spoken yeah. about. And like you, you sat at home in your garden with Duke. I'm sure Duke and uh, is his girlfriend Melissa, <laughs> uh, Michaela. Michaela, that's the one. Uh, Michaela and Did Duke. you see that with Melissa that time? Don't tell anyone. Oh shit! I've recorded it now. <laughs> his poor ex. His- Excellent. You'll need to edit that. <laughs> no, it's they can stay. His poor beloved half murdered by a horse. How is she? Do we and know? he's uh, she's fine. Were you at her bedside? No. When she was sleeping, were you watching? No. Don't be weird. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Let's run through the next set of players. I've got I've got a Swiss. It's not Berardi, it's Sylvan Widmer. There you go. You can have him. I've got Andrea Bellotti. Isn't that an opera singer from Italy anyway? Oh, well, if he's from Italy, then yes. Oh, Christ. They're all opera singers, aren't they? We've, we've got a, a Dane in the form of Daniel Vass. Vass, Vass, Vass. And then Ukraine, Ilya Zabarini. I'm going to go with that one, that pronunciation. And then, right, so on this sticker, you know there are two types of camels. There's the camels with one hump and there's the camels with two, isn't there? Mm. Well, I've got two camels here, a pair of camels. I've got Camel Grzycki, remember him? And Camel Zosviak. From um from Poland, the pair of them. So there you go, pair of Polish camels. I've uh, I've got the first smiley, smiley shiny. <laughs> God, I'm tired today. Slovakia, there we go. Slovakia's shiny badge. That looks like a sort of a, from a distance. It's kind like of a space thing. Yeah, like a 1960s like nucleus of a of a, an atom spinning round. Kind of yeah, we'll put that on a rocket. It's a, it's uh, a football design, isn't it? It's yeah, but from here, I mean, just because you know. Yeah, we'll, we'll I thought it looked like um, if a filmer wants to have NASA in it but haven't paid the licensing rights, they've just done their own... Fallout Boy! S- S- space Force, or whatever it's called. <laughs> was that Trump's the actual Space Force? Yeah, yeah it was yeah. actually a, tr- a Space Force now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, I've got um, I've got the Finnish Irishman. I've got, uh, on a half and half, I've got Daniel O'Shaughnessy, who we talked about last time. Wee. He's there with Paulus Arajuri. There you go. Did you see Ben, speaking of um, people out of place with their names, did you see... Ben Brereton of Nottingham Forest and Blackburn with Brereton Diaz on his shirt for Chile. Very strange picture. Yeah, I watched that actually um, last night. It was uh, Argentina, Chile, and uh, it's on BBC iPlayer if you're, if you're in the UK, by the way. You can watch uh, the Copa America. You know, he's playing for Argentina, don't you? Was he in the team? He was in the number seven shirt, which threw me slightly, but yes. Was he good? Uh, he was adequate. I'll tell you what, Paul was talking yeah, about. Yeah, of course. The, um, the tackles that go in in that tournament, a lot more tasty. I, I counted probably about 20 yellow cards by Premier League standards, which reinforces what we were saying before about the, the standard of refereeing in the Euro being better than the Premier League. The Premier League being so fucking weak now for refereeing. Last night, I think there would have been about probably four or five red cards by Premier League standards. To continue the uh, the Cosmopolitan theme in my sticker pack is uh, Wayne Hennessy. It's really taking us uh, on an exciting tour around the world of glamorous international footballers. That lump... Who uh, didn't he, he didn't know about the Nazis? That was his argument, wasn't it? When he when he was caught, hadn't heard, hadn't heard about them. He was yeah. photographed on Instagram, wasn't he? Doing mm. the, in the background in a salute, and his argument, which is actually makes Kiko Casillas' argument seem not as bad, was that he'd not heard about the Nazis. <laughs> no, uh, who? No, 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 not not something something crossed his path before then. Now I have got in my pack Clement Lenglet, who is at Barcelona. I think he's actually relatively well known, and Yannick Carrasco, who I've also heard of, because he was once bought by me on Football Manager and did really well. So that's good. And then I've got Adam Nagy, who's Hungarian. And then I've got a shiny, France. Oh, oh. one of the big hitters. These shinies aren't, 
They're not that shiny. So look, they, I, there's I've not had, a lot of light in here. I haven't, I haven't, oh, had, a, I haven't had a shiny yet. Oh. Like I remember the the nineties, nineties six sort of Merlin sticker albums of the Premier League. There was a lot of shine on those. They were more like uh, the badge was in the middle. There was a lot. Oh of yeah, shine. I mean, you, if you if you looked, if you pointed your shiny at the sun and then directly at your eyes, you were blind. <laughs> so Have you ever photocopied a shiny? No, what happens? Get good results. It really? always looks really cool. Yeah. Oh, and what do you do with the photocopy that you've made? Um, I used Photo- to give it to you your photocopy that again. I used <laughs> give it to, to your friends. Make um, fanzines with photocopied football stickers in the background. Technically, you still do. Yeah, although um, Eamon's kind of overruled me on the uh, photocopying <laughs> the shiny days, football stickers. The days stickers of photo- photocopying and stapling have kind of gone now, haven't they? It's a shame. I remember when we first started getting the mag going again. It was we were still in that realm of being like. I could just make it at work on a photocopy. It was like, I'll stay behind. I'll knock out loads of copies on the, on the printer and no one need know. But then we we quite rightly got someone involved who uh, knew how printing presses worked. So what he was like, no, don't, don't do that. Knew how printing presses work. Yeah. <laughs> Gutenberg. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Gutenberg was a big help when we were getting going. And we've taken a far more uh, mature approach as well to software to create the, the magazine. Mm. Does it look it any better though? Does it look any better? Anyway. Yeah. I've noticed how many of these uh, players, do they all play for Minnesota United, do you think? I've, this has been haunting me. I feel like every match I keep watching the commentators, and I don't know if they're doing it as a joke. Well, yes, bringing him off the bench, the uh, the, the centre forward from Minnesota United, is, and it's half, it, they're all Finnish and Danes, and uh, I think it's um, uh, Hansen, somebody called Hansen. Um, um, yeah. yeah, them. But yeah, there's a lot of players from Minnesota United. And then when I, I looked up Minnesota United, they're managed by Adrian Inchi Heath. I was just saying that, yeah. And they're not that good. And <laughs> But they, they do seem to be... Um, That's Adrian Heath, who was at Man City version 1.0. Yeah, and Burnley some, for some ages. Years, yeah, some years back. But that seems to be coming up quite a lot. So what's mental. Let's talk about North Macedonia for a, for just a minute. And, and Jani, who had a very quiet day again against Austria when they lost uh, three goals to one. Lost his man for the first goal. Did he get a pre-assist in that equaliser? Or is that stretching it a little bit? I mean, given the nature of that equaliser, it's hard to give... Which was like a pinball table. It's hard to give any player credit for an assist there because it was just lots of bad defending. And then uh, Arnautovic uh, came off the bench, scored that third and yelled a load of racist stuff at Jani. That was nice of him, wasn't it? That is mother. Mm. He's always seemed like a prick as Arnautovic. What's he done to you? I don't know, he just he seems he falls out with people everywhere he goes, doesn't he? He's one of those players. And he, he always seems like he'd be really good. And then he gets a move somewhere and it works for about six months. Who's he played for? I don't know. He was at West Ham, he was at Stoke oh, yeah. for a bit. He's in China now, I think. Okay. Because he, he wanted someone who'd pay him a lot while not minding that he's a twat. <laughs> he chose your words carefully there, I noticed. <laughs> yes. An, an alleged racist. But yeah, don't do that to Janny. He doesn't deserve it. Do you, do you think Janny's maybe gone into this tournament? like trying to showcase himself to try and get his next move or a new contract or whatever, because the Leeds one seems to be still sat on the table. He's not signed for anyone else that we know of yet, and his contract is up in two weeks. It's a, it's a mad position for a footballer to take, but actually one that you could fully understand Jenny Alioski taking because he's absolutely batshit mental. Yeah, it does It does kind of feel like he's he's made a mistake. What Victor Orta was saying about him playing through the end of the season without a contract and that he couldn't believe his commitment is kind of you know reminiscent of Berardi last season signing up and uh, risking his his career but it doesn't seem like that's been the process here it, it almost seems like he's just kind of forgotten like, oh, because I'll, I'll deal with it afterwards he is in a gent like there's two ways the 
Euros can go for him. Either he looks, well, I suppose there's three ways. One, he looks absolutely brilliant and Napoli come through with a massive contract and say, we want you to play for us in the Champions League. We want you as a new recruit. Or he's absolutely terrible in every single game and nobody wants to touch him. Third option is somebody snaps his leg and then what's his career? He's out for a year without a contract. And um, and it's a slightly different, you know, I don't know if Leeds would be in the same position where they'd be like, well, give Berardi one, but, you know. If he he breaks his leg playing for Macedonia, it's quite a different thing. So it's all, it's, it's a difficult situation for him, but I don't know. I mean, he's not as... I was quite intrigued. The Athletic did a, a bit about him um, and some new information that actually, you know, we always have that joke about him being raised by wolves. Turn out he's actually raised by a referee. His dad was, an ex, was a footballer turned referee for 15 years in Switzerland. And it does wonder if his, um, his subsequent character is kind of a rebellion against a strict upbringing from his, uh, his referee father. Is that his movie character? That'd be his movie character, rebelling against that uh, the authoritarian father. But then the other side of it, is, which kind of does come out with the um, abuse from Arnautovic, is his kind of status as a, an Albanian in the uh, North Macedonian team that we've kind of mentioned on here before, that there's the, um, that's always been a, like quite an interesting situation for him. He was, his family was thrown out of a, um, a restaurant in Skopje when they were heard speaking Albanian and um, some of the abuse he's had playing for the national team from Macedonian football fans who um, they complain that the Albanian players don't sing the national anthem properly and they're not real Macedonians and that that's the reason why they, they don't succeed. And one of the things Johnny did, uh, I think it was in his first season at Leeds after a, an international match, he, the interviewer started uh, asking him questions in English and he said, no, no, I want to speak uh, Macedonian, please. If I, if this is for Macedonian television and I'm wearing a Macedonian shirt, I'll you know let me speak the the language. So he's had this. Um, it's been part of his story internationally is the way his ethnicity is kind of absorbed or rejected by the the national team and um, the way that develops. I don't think is necessarily helped when he gets to the world stage. Having um, Arnautovic talking about fucking his mother. So it's all part of quite an interesting story. The serious side of Gianni Alioski is something that is kind of fascinating to see sometimes. Certainly when his family was thrown out of that um, restaurant and there was um, television coverage of him sort of sitting with journalists and very sincerely explaining the situation and how they'd all made him feeling like, what a serious young man this is. And then you see him at Leeds squeaking like a dolphin. <laughs> and what a what a, a man of contradictions and many multifacets. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. 
but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. England versus Scotland, Wembley, Friday, should be good fun. Uh, we'll reconvene on Saturday, I think, to do um, a Euro ball. We'll talk about that. Cooper started on the left-hand side of a back three against the Czech Republic, in which Scotland lost. Probably a bit unfairly, do you think? They were a bit unlucky, weren't they? I mean, the second goal in particular is one of those ridiculous things that just happens. You laugh your head off at it unless it happens now to you. It's like, like, like Naeem from the halfway line with Seaman and Ronaldinho, isn't it? And all that malarkey from uh, Japan and Korea when he got lofted... Um, from out wide I was pleased to see Cooper not at fault for the first anyway because when I saw her, when I saw it go in I was like oh, let's just see the replay see whose man this is but it was Hanley's man wasn't it and so. he took the ailing flop north of the border nice and early he's been uh, spreading the, the gospel of uh, of Luke up there in, um, in his, is it Glasgow that stadium it was in Glasgow yes. it was in Glasgow yeah I always forget it's confusing because Queen's Park play there but don't really play there anymore they've got a little pokey stadium next to it now haven't they Queen's Park it was always one of those bizarre things growing up when you find out Queen's Park play at Hamden. You're like, what? But why? <laughs> and it's a re- it remains a fair question. Why Why did they ever? Very odd. So what do you fancy then from that one towards the back end of the week? It should be an England victory on the... Ba- I mean, I, I say that not you know with our England hats on, but just on the basis of what we've seen so far. It should. Yeah. But it's going to be a leveller, isn't it? Because they're going to give it their absolute all and uh, and the inspiration of John Carver on their bench alongside Steve Clark driving Scotland on. Yes, those... Uh, those lads who went to went grew up in Scotland, hating the English people like Liam Cooper. Um, I'm sure they they just gives them that extra extra bit of incentive, doesn't it? And his replacement, young lad at the back from the Benelux nations. We don't know which one quite yet. Who are we talking Pascal about? Pascal Strauch. What's he got to do with Scotland? You're he, confusing me. He got engaged, didn't he? On what looked like I think it was Bridlington Seafront. <laughs> yes, he. Uh, Ilan Melier has gone off to some mad campsite somewhere, hasn't he? He looks like he's on his gap year, doesn't he? Because you, you got involved in a Twitter exchange about the price of this place, uh, as you always do, Michael, because that's your primary concern in life, is how much will this cost me? And, it, and it's very cheap, isn't it? Affordable. What, it, what was it? What was he paying for his... I think someone pointed out it was €95 Euros a night, which seems fine. It looks nice. It looks gorgeous as well, overlooking all the trees and everything. You've got a pool there. You've got some really rusty weights. You've got the longest man to ever lay in that hammock. He's such a strange-looking man. Where he? is it he's gone? I think it's France somewhere. I don't know where exactly. Is it a jeet? I don't, a jeet? Know, I don't know what a jeet is, but I like the word. It, it, well, it's a jeet. All right, okay. Yeah, it's a jeet. But um, yeah, it looks nice compared to, I think him and Click, I've enjoyed the look of their holidays more than any of the Leeds player. Like Jack Harrison, it's all very well being on a hilltop with your gorgeous wife, but I'd rather be in, uh, I'd rather be in a hammock with, with Melier. Did you see the video of uh, Jackie with his dog? Yeah, playing head tennis <laughs> with him. <laughs> somehow managed to train his pooch to play head tennis and... I mean, that's fine. You can picture, like, you might train Rover to do that in your backyard. and that's my, okay. do- my dog does play football, you know. Well, there you go. The younger yeah. puppy, it will kick a ball around if I give it kick a ball to it. But it also did trip me up in the process and I nearly broke my spine because I landed on, <laughs> I landed on my um, coccyx, is mm. it, the base of your spine. Um, I imagine your touch is quite disappointing as well compared to Jack Harrison's if you're trying to knock a ball around. And I mean, it wasn't only the touch. It, it was You would film yourself doing that in your back garden in Bradford. He filmed himself in some tropical paradise with a 
as the sun was going down. Presumably Costa Rica, because that's where he's been knocking him out. With it, might have been, so. it was Manningham, I think, <laughs> is where he was. Okay, and then, doing it. And then at, at the conclusion, once him and the dog had had enough of this head tennis, they both jumped into the swimming pool together. And it's like, <laughs> does life... He's got the perfect life, hasn't he? And I, and I hate him for it. He does. <laughs> yeah. Pay and the then, fortune. Um, beautiful girlfriend. Beautiful dog that does whatever he wants. And then Pascal Stroy. And they yeah, swim together. To, uh, to go back to old uh, Pascal, I think he's got a very... Um, Different style to Ilan Melier, because the uh, yeah the, the the photographer who well, for, I like fortunately the, just happened to be passing when well, he was the local, proposing. Congratulations to the local peeping Tom who managed to get the snaps there, who just happened to be peering over that wall <laughs> and uh, just scattered the rose petals for him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All that stuff. It did look um, absolutely perfect. But then somebody with uh, with that um, quality of beard and hair, it's it was kind of he does look like he's off the cover of a Mills and Boone. Novel and uh, it could be a, it could be a decent pirate. I think actually, mm. like the he's, he's sailing around the Dutch West Indies, which would fit with his name as well. Yeah, if, is uh, he too young to be tying himself down? Twenty one years old. Well, I mean, Alex Ferguson obviously managed uh, Moscow's favourite club. He was always all for it, wasn't he? About his young players settling down, getting into the life, like Ryan um, Giggs. But yeah, exactly <clears> that. Yeah, keep it in the family and all that. So they they weren't wayward and didn't go off partying, which is obviously difficult to instill in people. But there does seem to be a decent culture of that at Leeds. I say, fully aware that these words could blow up in my face at any point. <laughs> Love rats, Pascal Strauch. <laughs> I think um, also there's a certain amount of uh, kind of time pressure involved because at some point Ellie Goulding is going to get sick of singing at all their weddings. So it's kind of, you need to get to the front of the queue if you want to have her performing because she's not going to be around forever you're just wondering now michael you're, you're an older man than pascal strike by you know at least a decade any regrets there coming through in your question i just wondered if there's a maybe something freudian lurking in that question no no but i was a i, I was a, a much older man mm. at, at 21 i think i was much more of an idiot yeah I mean, I think he should be too. I'm not sure where I'm going with the argument, to be honest. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a lovely girlfriend. He, he should probably just marry her. What's the most idiotic thing you did at 21? Um, God, I don't know. Just It's just day-to-day stuff you do, isn't it, when you're 21? Just bad decisions you make most nights. Go on, tell we, me about one of your bad decisions that you made. I feel like this is too personal to get on, uh, no, to go on a podcast. This, this is the good stuff. We'll, we'll open some more stickers in a minute to hide your shame. Go on, what have you done? Tell me, tell me one thing that you've done that, that you think, that was silly. I feel like this is a bad avenue to go down. <laughs> Leave the poor boy alone. No, we're here now. Why don't, why don't you tell us some of your things, Dan? <laughs> Always looking at his stickers. Would you believe he doesn't want to go down this route? I did. Um, there was one funny thing I did when I was about 21 and had, had sort of an on-off thing with a girl who was, like, I think she was a year younger than me at university. And um, I'd kind of upset her and let her down a little bit. So I um, went up to Newcastle Airport because she was flying back in from her, I think it was, she was on a field trip, geography or whatever. and. I thought I'll go up there and apologise because I thought I've been a bit careless with her feelings. So I went up there and waited in the arrivals hall for them all to come through. And she walked through hand in hand with her ex-boyfriend. <laughs> so that's one of the foolish things I've done because my judgment was a little askew. I mean, if, and if, it, was, it was very interesting trying to explain why I was there. I suppose if we're going down that route, I mean, I did move to Oxford uh, with a girlfriend and then I did go around, go to South America with one as well. And they, neither of them worked out, so... Yeah, at never mind. Were, at least you never shut up about going to South America for the, the years subsequent. Oh, yeah, speaking of South America, I've got a South American player, which is good news. In the Euros? Yep. Jorginho, who's apparently Italian. So there you go. I mean, latest pack of stickers, Moscow, you can have Jorginho. Yeah, I've got a particularly ropey batch here. I've got Ryan Christie, who is obviously Scottish. Then I've got Alexander uh, Zubkov, 
from Ukraine. I've got Jeremy Doku from Belgium. Hans Hatterboer. It looks like Hans Saboteur is how I'm kind of reading that yeah, yeah. when I see it. And then I've got a, a nice picture of the, the Slovak lads all of in a all celebrating something. Looks like they're mobbing a goalkeeper. I'm guessing that's a penalty shootout. So is it a group shot? Oh, well, that's interesting. At least yeah. it's, a, it's a group shot rather than just the picture of them. Let me look at this, right? This guy, Attila, uh, Attila uh, S-Z-A-L-A-I. Again, I'm not going to try and pronounce it because I'll only fuck it up. But um, he's Hungarian. I mean, if he came knocking at your door asking for money that you owed, you'd give him it, wouldn't you? I think him and, um, him and Zubkov both look a little bit. Jesus Christ, if they, yeah. Uh, look at that. Yeah, he's quite stern, isn't he? Zub- can, Zubkov has, has killed people with the bare, his bare hands you, before. You can imagine these two on the doors down Call Lane or something like that. Not tonight, lads. Why not? Just not tonight. Fair enough. I'll go somewhere else then. Here, you can have him. Ah, Ben Davies, Welshman. There you go. A name I recognise. Who does he play for? Is he Tottenham Hotspur? Yep. So, Trying to look stern, but not really carrying it off. We've got a Swedish goalkeeper, Robin Olsen. I have a uh, one of the skillful, real standout stars of the tournament, Kiefer Moore. Adrian Robot, French midfielder. Uh, Pavel Perven, Austria. I assume he's their goalkeeper. And Dedrick Boyata from Belgium. Once of Man City. Ah, speaking of Man City, I've got Zinchenko here. He's, he's another one of these half-and-half half vertical stickers with a guy called Victor. Again, I'm not going to pronounce his surname. This is the thing. With, with um, the expansion of this tournament, it's led to a lot more Eastern European teams coming in and a lot of names that we can't pronounce, which we're struggling with. But it's nice to make their acquaintance anyway. It is. And uh, do we recognise this guy who is Russian? Artem Zub. Zuba, D-Z-Y-U-B-A, I recognise him from somewhere. Oh, this fucking Austrian goalkeeper's a double bastard. There you go. That's the remainder of my stickers, Moscow. Zubkov plays for uh, French Varos, so presumably is a... Is he still smarting from our victory against them in the... Is it the first cup that we played French Varos? Uh, I was, I was going to suggest he's probably a big uh, Bobby, Bobby Davison fan. fan yeah. yeah, probably got tattoos of him and stuff. There's a desperate Leeds link for you. <laughs> hey, we need to talk about your boy... Um, Tyro, no Tyro, no party. It was for Wales the other day, but um, he signed a new deal at Leeds. Everyone dead pleased about that, <laughs> taking him to the summer of 2024. I mean, you're basically his hype man, so justify yourself. Just, well, I mean, his performances speak for him for themselves. Why wouldn't you give that kid a new contract? Well, obviously, I think it's good news. We've rehearsed over and over all the kind of the arguments for and against. And I think I kind of tallied up his age against other players. 22, it takes him through to 25. And when Pat Bamford was 25, he was just getting his permanent move to Middlesbrough and had basically at that point done absolutely nothing. And his few appearances that he'd been allowed in the Premier League by Sean Dyche and who was that idiot at Crystal Palace that didn't believe he was left-footed? Was it Pardew? Probably. I'm happy to blame Pardew. He absolutely wasn't having it that that he was left-footed rather than right-footed so if you kind of you know track him against the careers of some of his peers he's not as far behind as i think sometimes the criticism makes it seem lewis baker is 26 yeah think of it that way um is he really he is just looked him up he's probably a millionaire and he's done nothing in the game Uh, well i think you're forgetting he's 19 games on loan at reading not uh, to mention he's eight at fortuna dusseldorf and calvin phillips is a perfect example that you know at, at age 22 People would quite willingly have driven him out of Leeds themselves because uh, Ronaldo Vieira was the player that we needed to build our um, midfield around. And it was unbelievable 
that Vieira should be sold to Sampdoria, which tells you, you know, obviously he's highly rated and we're keeping this loser, Calvin Phillips. So things can change. The only thing, and you know, you can't sugarcoat it. He hasn't shown exceptional ability or, you know, the, the idea that he's some kind of Phil Foden just waiting uh, to, to burst out seems fanciful. But you don't know. And I don't think that three years finding out is going to really um, do any severe damage to Leeds United. He, he ain't holding us back. That's no. the thing. And it cost a fair bit of money to replace. Yeah, and and he's, a, he's a known quantity as well. That's the other thing. And, and I think in another two years' time, when we find ourselves in the same situation with a year left, we'll know all about him in two years' time, whether yeah. he's stepped up or not. And the the past, I think his um, the situation with his injuries gets underplayed. It was a, We made the same point about Pat Bamford in his first season where he was quite disappointing and people were saying, you know, oh, let's get rid of him or we'll keep Kamal Roof. But he'd had two massive knee injuries during his first season at Leeds and then puts that behind him and he suddenly looks a lot better. With um, Tyler Roberts, the infection that was attacking his knee was a potential career ender and it took them, the reason he got that reputation of being always injured is because nobody could diagnose what the hell was wrong with him until eventually they managed to pin it down to this infection had come about as a result of um, the operation that he'd had. And then that was the way to solve it. And then since then, so the first two years under Bielsa, when people were saying, you know, why hasn't he developed the way that the other players had? Well, most of the time he was either bacteria was trying to eat his knees from inside or he took him, it was three operations he needed to, to get past that once they finally worked out what the problem was. So he's not had the, the chance since joining Leeds until this season to just concentrate on getting better. And this season, I think we forget a little bit that the some of the training that they've been allowed to do has been altered by COVID, you know, the way training protocols have been, who you're allowed to be with, how big the groups can be, all this kind of stuff. It's not been the simple process that, it's, uh, that it could have been. And this contract essentially now says, all right, you've come through all this. You've played a decent number of games in the Premier League, helped us get further up the Premier League than we ever expected, keep doing it, and we'll spend the money that we might have needed to replace him on a new left. But we can, you know, if we don't have to spend £15 million signing Ryan Brewster to do Tyler Roberts' job of being a reserve striker, midfielder, winger, then we can spend all that, we can add that money to mm-hmm. the budget for a left back and get a much better first team player in a situation where we need it. And when Tyler Roberts plays, I don't think he's going to be terrible. Or we could give all that money to Red Bull Leipzig. Yeah, we'll go get into that in a second. Well, all the whispers coming out of the club seem to be it's going to be two or three players this summer. So left back definitely on the agenda, centre midfielder you'd expect, and possibly a winger as well, which might, I don't know, spell the end for Costa. I just don't, don't know. It feels like, it feels like we're going to lose somebody. I mean, Ian Pervader's lurking in the background as well, isn't he, for Costa's spot? <laughs> Ian Pervader is fucking terrifying. We talked about during the first lockdown when um, Mr. and Mrs. Jackie Harrison were just constantly on Instagram posting pictures of themselves taking fitness to quite frightening degrees. Pervader's on that train now, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I feel about a strong Ian Pervader because he looks little. Um, like a little short little lad. I don't want him to get all serious and focused. I want him to, to be there as well, yeah, the, and then he take, the he's, jester. He's putting these uh, videos of him with his shirt off, lifting weights, and he 
you know, it's frightening. He's going to come back like Traore. Strength on that, yeah. <laughs> we'll be oiling him up. That's it. He's like a he's like a he's like a four foot two Traore with a with a, an impish little oh, grin and his with his a four foot, hair. four foot two wide as well. I know he's a professional athlete, so I maybe shouldn't have been quite as surprised by it. But he was doing some squats with what looked to be an impossible amount of weight for his tiny little legs. What's a squat? When you've crouched Which down with some weights on you. I was going to say, it tells a story of itself, that doesn't it? What's the squat? Is that where you put it on your shoulders and you... It's a bit like when you sit down for a poo, but with some weights on you. Think of oh, it that you way. You put on your shoulders, don't you? Yeah, yeah. All oh, right, yeah. But he was doing that. So terrible. poo on your shoulders. <laughs> I'm trying to just this explain it. never go to a gym. In a context, Dan, I'll understand. Um, I do have a gym membership, but I just I prefer to go there and swim. That's what my... It's lower impact. Sat in a jacuzzi. I don't, That's what you're doing. I don't want to aggravate my pre-existing conditions, etc. Yeah, so um, Wales play Turkey at 5pm UK time tomorrow as we record. So I'd like to see Tyler get um, a run out in that. That'd be nice. Before that, the big game, we've got Hungary versus Portugal, but the big one is France versus Germany, 8 o'clock tonight, Tuesday night as we're recording it, when presumably we will see hot French striker Jean-Kevin Augustin bursting through, bagging goals and uh, lifting his shirt to reveal the uh, all leads, aren't we, on his... um, on his base layer. If there's one thing he won't be, it's burnt out because no. he's not he's not played a huge amount of football in the last couple of years, has he? Yeah, so we're talking obviously about that initial ruling from from FIFA who have in the first instance upheld the legal opinion that the energy drinks people put forward in this deal. But I f- it feels like it's got distance to run yet, this one. Um, I know it's kind of a blow to have the initial verdict go against you, but there's still the appeals process at FIFA. Then it can go to the Court of Arbitration for Sport who will create a final ruling. And then I guess... Um, there's always the option of some sort of settlement in between times just to make this go away. Yeah, I feel like we'll, if nothing else, so it doesn't affect this summer's transfer business, I feel like we will try and kick this down the line as much as well, we yeah, the appeals, possibly can. The appeals process is going to put it into next season at very least, isn't it? They've all got to make the cases again and all the rest of it. I mean, if we do have to pay for him, he is undoubtedly the worst transfer the club has ever made, which is... Some stiff competition when you people talk about Seth Johnson and Brolin and people like that. But the value for money we got out of his forty-eight minutes that he played for us yeah. is gonna he's gonna struggle to ever be be beaten, I think. But then again, you know, we've had Wazim Boy on presumably what, ten grand a week, should we say, just as a rough guesstimate for four years? That's a lot of money as well. And we still might end up having to pay Augustine's contract as well. That'd be the thing. If if they rule that we should have actually bought him. Presumably he will then say... Sue for damages. Well, in that case, I should have been due my four-year contract on 80 grand a week or whatever, which oh, is a... That's a lot of money. Which is fairly awful. Kinnear did at one point give the impression that whatever happens, it's not going to affect transfer budgets. That It was either... He wasn't really clear on it, but it was either that they'd kind of they'd set aside some money or they just weren't asked. Chad Hurley, YouTube. Well, yeah, and, and that's it. You want to buy an expensive French striker, uh, Chad? Because if it comes out of, um, you know, if there's a, a profit and sustainability angle, I don't think it would affect that. It comes kind of, it's just a legal bill that has to be paid. And I don't know what the payment terms would be because we're talking about how long it will take to actually get to a final decision on who is liable or how much they're liable for. Then it's the payment terms. It's like, I don't think it will be five days to pay 20 million pounds it will probably be 40 know. quid a week yeah exactly they'll come up with some kind of fairly low impact way of uh, <laughs> of sorting it out so i don't think we're going to get to a situation where we will be unable to sign a player because of what has happened with um, john kevin or gustan there's all things just a bit of a mess 
just looking down the fixtures, by the way, one that jumps out at me is North Macedonia versus the Netherlands, and that's going to get played in Amsterdam on Monday, the 21st of June. I would love to see a wide-eyed Gianni Alioski walking around the streets of Amsterdam, having never been there before. Like, you know, when you um, get these films, your classic fish-out-of-water film, where Gianni's just walking around going, what, what, well, what would you make of it all? If, you, if you've not been to Amsterdam. What is there in Amsterdam that he wouldn't have seen in Skopje? Well, Switzerland, he grew up in, you know, Lugano. It's not the back end of nowhere. I'm not suggesting that, but there are some parts of Amsterdam that will open your eyes. Uh, let's just phrase it that way. I think he's seen a naked lady before as well. He's not a total rube. Just talking about Spain then briefly. The Spain-Sweden fixture actually was a bit of a, a letdown because obviously Rodrigo hasn't made it. He got sent home from the parallel COVID bubble squad. He got clapped out. And not not tired, but <laughs> they gave him a guard of honour and a round of applause with the other players. It was like, thanks for coming. Now, fuck off. Then Urente had COVID, obviously. Didn't have COVID then, and then didn't have it again. So he got to go back in, but didn't play. He got clapped in. Gave him a guard of honour on the way. And it seems like Spain were unable to beat Sweden because it spent all their training sessions just giving people <laughs> rounds of applause as They're they walk on and off the pitch. <laughs> They looked weirdly toothless, actually, did uh, Spain against Sweden. I mean, Sweden are a good side as well. who caused um, problems for other teams. Pontus didn't play, did he either? No, the whole thing was... A- Yesterday, Monday, was kind of going to be the big Leeds day with um, Captain Cooper, then Matthias Glick, who did set up the goal for Poland with a very a lovely little reverse pass, which was one of those kind of get-in-there-Leeds-player moments. But they ultimately lost, and then... We didn't get Llorente or Rodrigo or even Pontus Janssen in the last match of the day. So I don't know why they're even bothering playing these matches if Leeds players aren't in them. Just wrapping up the other Leeds stuff that's uh, come to light in the last few days then. And talking of Scotland as well. David Robertson, always a big favourite at Ellen Road in the number three shirt following Tony DiRigo. Although he's done something probably better than he ever did in his time at Leeds United. Uh, well, the Queen's pleased anyway, because she had a birthday. You know when she's... Normally, when it's someone's birthday, you get presents from, don't you? She gives them out. And if there's one thing the Queen loves, it is Scotsman managing teams in war zones. She yeah. can't get enough of that shit. She was like, give that man a medal. His uh, real Kashmir FC. He's been the boss there, doing management work there. And it's an interesting career choice, which we have spoken about before. The it's documentary not- is very good. It, it probably is still an iPlayer or YouTube or yeah. something. But yeah, it's worth a watch. He, he comes across very well in it, does Robertson. He's, He's got um, a, a British Empire medal. For a man I disliked quite intensely when he played for Leeds, I, I finished the documentary thinking he was a, a really good bloke. There's a human behind every footballer, Michael. Remember that. And finally, are we going to have a, uh, a sister club in Italy? Looks like we might have because uh, Andrea Ratrizzani, Ratrizzani, sorry, seems hell-bent on buying clubs to build some sort of evil empire. Salernitana, who I've sort of heard of. They've got 1919 in their full name. Have they? Which does seem like a, a strange... Kind of a, a pre-brand rebranding thing that we've done to them. So yeah, let's have them. I suppose. I mean, I've I think I've said before. I don't. On principle, I don't really like the idea of feeder clubs because it's. I feel sorry for the fans of Salernitana if their if their role in life is to turn someone into being half decent and to earn enough of those points so we can then just nick them. Well, yeah. you know, the other connection with Salernitana that I'm learning in real time from Wikipedia is that they originally wore light blue and white striped shirts, very much as Leeds United did. Mm. Um, also that they're... Um, are they a tribute club? Is this what's what's happening? Their club... Um, are they a tribute band? Are they a bit like fake that? 
The club badge looks like it's no a, uh, It's some kind of stylized seahorse. It's a good badge, actually. Mm. I do like that. It's heading a like an eight-pointed star. Or it's having a star thrown at it. One of those <laughs> Japanese <laughs> throwing star. Yeah, throwing star. They kill seahorses with those. And in, in, um, where are they based? <laughs> Italy. That's where they're based. Um, <laughs> Salerno, the, of course. The the, uh, the story there is that their current owners. I read that as Lolita then, but it's not. It's Latito and uh, Mezzo Roma need to sell as soon as possible because Latito also owns Lazio and you can't have two teams owned by the same person in the same division. Yeah, it's a bit of a strange setup, is that? But yeah, I think they've got, there is a deadline on this that they need to get rid of it. So it might be going cheap. Who knows? Oh, they have a a, a 22-year-old winger called Mirko Antonucci. Oh, but is any relation? Well, every part of the name is spelt slightly differently. He's M I uh, M I R K O A N T O N U C C I. Um, it's like he's a um, like a bad photocopy of um, our Mirko Antonucci. Make a fucking run, Mirko. There's nobody else we really want from their squad. I think one club should be enough. All this business, everybody's like, oh no, we've got to sell this club because I own that club. Just own one, one each, and then everybody knows where they're at. And then um, anything more than that's just sort of greedy. Well, let's just quickly run through the uh, the transfer stuff that's been knocking about this week. It seems quiet, doesn't it, at the minute? Very quiet, although that um, link to Maxwell Cornet has surfaced via Alan Nixon, bit in paper from The Sun, who is the 24-year-old recently converted winger to left-back who is at Lyon. Uh, it would be about €20 million euro if you were to believe the reports. Do you want him? Yep. Phil Massinga used to play for them. Who, <laughs> Salonitana? Yeah. Well, there you go. We and, definitely, uh, definitely and Danny Tiato get involved in that. Noah Lang still won't go away. And Fabrizio Romano, who said that the uh, Rodrigo de Paul deal was all but done, uh, is reporting that uh, we are still in for Noah Lang. He's had, had an interesting um, end to the season, hasn't he, Noah Lang? Yeah, singing. Well, if you're not if you're not caught up with this story, essentially uh, he was caught singing a song. Who's the reference to? It's to do with. Andelect, I believe, who are the rivals of Club Bruges where he's been and they are known in some songs as like the Jews is how yeah. they're referred to in the same way as Spurs, I guess, have kind of got those those links. But as a result, he was chanting, so, so I'd you, rather die than be a Jew. Right, yeah. That doesn't... But when taken in isolation, that's a little unfortunate, isn't it? I mean, even taken in any context, it's probably quite, probably quite unfortunate. Mm. He, and his excuse was like, I was... I, would, I just chanted enthusiastically with some photos. I'd, I'd only just met them and they were singing this song. I, I think you would go, oh, we were singing a song, are we? I would rather die. Uh, oh, okay. That's um, that's the way this is going, is it? Right. Maybe I won't sing. Have you got any other songs, lads? <laughs> yeah, it does feel, it feels like the folly of a young man as much as we laugh nervously about this one. I, I guess he um, he's maybe got carried away in a group. I don't know. It's not brilliant, is it? One of the interesting points here is that he's... Um, Surinamese Dutch as well, like Hasselbank. He's uh, Surinamese, wasn't he? So um, and still is. <laughs> uh, so there's a there's a, a lot of link back to the past there. Anyway, well, we'll watch that one and see what happens and, and deal with it as and when, I guess. Um, but he looks quick and skillful on that, as does uh, Mateus Cunha, yep. who continues to be linked. He's liking odd bits and follows Rafinha on Instagram, which is a lot of uh, joining of dots that don't necessarily. Need joining. What he needs to do is come out and reply to some sort of fan account saying that he wants to move, and that would. Uh, I've seen you trying. Like the Bluetooth. Well, if he's, you know, don't knock a trier. God loves a trier. The, the true sign will be when Cunha follows Rodrigo de Paul on Instagram. That's when the. Uh, and he ends up at Atletico Madrid. The circle will be complete. <laughs> uh, 
speaking of Madrid, are we getting Marcelo from Real Madrid? This is a bizarre story. This isn't happening, is it? It's 33 years old. How does he in any way, shape or form fit the, the profile of the sort of player that we need, which is players with future value, resale value, building them up? No. I think we're at the link leads with any left back stage, aren't we? It's, uh, it's just one of those things. We're not getting him, I'm fairly sure. Would you put your house on it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Should we do one more pack of stickers then, just before we head off? Who's, is it your turn, Moscow? Um, well, it's all, all not, our turn. You've not even mentioned poor Ryan Edmondson, who's been shipped out to spend a, a year with Simon Grayson in and League you, One. And you couldn't even be bothered to spell his name right on the script. Yeah, more, more important than that, I've got a shiny. Ooh, who have you got? Austria. I've got Austria as a shiny. Shiny for me. Is that because um, just stick it in the face of Gianni Alioski? Christ's sake, I've got Kai Havertz twice in this pack. But in one pack? Once as a big, as a big sticker, once as a, it as must, a small one. He but must he's... know that you're a Chelsea fan because we established that, didn't we, last week? <laughs> and he's on, a, he's on his split sticker with uh, Gundogan. Actually, there's a number of players in here I've heard of. Eric Garcia from Spain. I've got Lorenzo Insignia, uh, which was that shower gel from the 1980s from Italy. And um, Pavel, I don't know this one. He's a guy from the Czech Republic. Pavel Chibitsky. Kad, no, Kadraback. But this one I've heard of. Yannick Vestergaard, who's Danish. And then Austria Shiny. That's exciting. The Shiny is exciting. You're right, Michael. The, the Shinies are nowhere near as good as they used to be. I got another couple of fins. I got uh, Juka Reitala and then also the um, former Leeds United legend, uh, Bob Taylor. Is he, yes. is he in there still? Yeah, there's Robert Taylor. Playing for Finland now. When it moved from, uh, um, we swapped him for Carl Schutt with Bristol City, and then he ended up being a West Brom legend. I found on uh, eBay. I didn't buy it. A VHS cassette of Bob Taylor, legend. All his goals for the baggies. They absolutely loved him. And I, this was back when the only televised football I could find on my little portable TV was Central, and they. Uh, showed a Sunday afternoon match so I saw a lot of Bob Taylor when you gathered around the wireless West Brom. as a family oh no we had pictures we had the it was the we had TV talking on, pictures TV on that radio the talkies as well as the movies it's amazing I've got Breland Bolo who was very good in the the uh, the game I watched for Switzerland I was thinking we should sign him straight away as a as a, a backup for Pat and then I've got Spurs player who I, I believe it's pronounced Pierre-Emile Hodgeberg yep correct well done <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've looked that up. So it's actually a fairly, uh, fairly decent pack, isn't it? But another double, Robert. Oh, and, and a Finland. Robert Mazan popped up, and then my last ones are uh, uh, Matches Clicks mates, uh, Peter Zielinski and Bobby Lewandowski. Well, we wait with bated breath to see what the next set of packs uh, throw up. How many have we got now in reserve packs-wise there? There's a, a three, right. four. And we're we bringing more next time, are we? Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll just do um, stickable. Cool. We're returning on what, probably Saturday, we reckon. Although Moscow probably can't be asked with that one either. We'll, uh, who's, who's playing? England, Scotland on uh, yeah, on Friday. With, with that one in mind, then let's just do a prediction just so we can get some egg on our faces. What do you reckon? Gary McAllister will miss a penalty. Will it lead to something up the other end just moments later? Because that, that is my single frame of reference. For, apart from the Gaza goal that followed that, you know, the, the dentist chair one, that's my England versus Scotland frame of reference, that Euro 96. There have been others since, haven't there? I know there was the there was a playoffs for Euros, was it once? I remember we were, I remember we were fairly fortunate to get through. I think it was when Keegan was manager actually in that sort of strange period. I think we will win three one. I was going to say three one. Yeah, what it's about al- you? It's always been kind of a no lose 
game for Leeds because, you know, back in the day it would be Billy Bremner and Peter Lorimer and Eddie Gray on one team and Jack Charlton and Norman Hunter and Alan Clark on the other. So my prediction will be Calvin Phillips will be player of the match for England and Liam Cooper will be player of the match for Scotland and the results will be irrelevant. Speaking of Eddie Gray, he's on the Phil Hay show this week, which is going to be thrilling. Uh, we are desperately giddy about that, aren't we, Michael? Yeah, I'm actually quite nervous. He yeah. might have stronger opinions about the um, England-Scotland fixture it, it, I'm it, expressing. It does feel like a proper kind of royal visit vibe, doesn't it? You can ask him about all that. What was it like playing against Norman Hunter? I presume they, they did. They must have done, but they did it in there. Eddie was only capped, I think, 12 times for Scotland or something like that. It was because uh, of injuries. He missed out on quite a lot, and he missed out on the 74 World Cup too, I was reading. Might have to settle for... Um, how he did against Norman Hunter when they were playing five-a-side England v Scotland in training and Don Revy was desperate for them not to hurt each other. <laughs> I'm aware this is maybe a bit late in the day to be bringing this, but Gareth Southgate has beaten Scotland already as England manager. In 2016, he beat Gordon Strachan, Scotland, 3-0. Goals from uh, Daniel Sturridge, Adam Lalana, and Gary Cahill, who we know is... all three as, feature. And Gary Cahill has since passed away, hasn't he? As we know from <laughs> uh, Rafinha ending him. Right, we'll catch you um, at the weekend on the Euroball. Look out for the Phil Hay Show later on this week with Eddie Gray, and we'll speak to you soon. The Square Ball Podcast.